Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me, as always, is Ben Slinger. Hello, Trevor. Hello. And hello, How listeners. Are you? Oh, thanks for asking, Trev. I'm all right. You're still <laughs> feeling a bit nervous from our weekend? It's done. It's done now. Um, I'm, there's no and the listeners nerves. have already heard it. The listeners have heard it. We are referring to last week's episode with Adorify, which was absolutely a huge highlight. And thank you again, Adel, for coming on. And uh, I thought it came out okay. Yes, I haven't heard it yet because as of recording, we haven't edited it yet. <laughs> I was just keeping it going. This is coming out in two weeks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, I think we're going to jump into some games. The first one being Click Picture. And this is a game where one of us takes a random weird stock photo that we found online. Hopefully, we don't get too many doubles anymore because we've made our way through a lot of them. And we are going to paste it into our Discord chat, see what this image is, and we will turn that image into a video game design. So, Trevor, do you want to do the honours? Kaplow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's an interesting angle. Okay. Oh, I, I don't know what sort of what sort of lens they've got on this, but I feel um, like it's they've... got almost like a fisheye lens sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. So, we have a man with sort of long, silvery blonde, kind of nearly shoulder-length hair or chin-length hair with a very determined sort of angry look on his face, holding a banana like a gun and and pointing it almost directly into the center of the, the shot. Uh, he's wearing a very nice kind of gray gray suit. With a blue power tie. Mm. Um, he's got his thumb sort of looking like he's going to pull the hammer back. So, I think this banana's loaded. And I think it's loaded. You know, he's- Getting ready to, to pull it back. Yeah. So, is this a game where fruit is actually legi- legitimately weapons? Yeah, weaponized fruit. Uh, I'm getting almost a weird- He seems- He feels British to me for some reason. And he does. So, I'm sort of getting a James Bondish vibe mm-hmm. that maybe this is a new James Bond. Ooh, I'm liking the fact that Q has actually weaponized all this fruit. Yeah, it could be Q's initiative. He's basically like- um, well, Bond, we've had to retire the Walther PPK because we lost sponsorship with the Walther <laughs> group. So, I've gone and created my own weapons and it's because I love fruit. It's all fruit. We so were approached by the fruit lobby. They want more people to eat fruit. We thought you being a, you know, popular brand, popular name, this is sort of taking it out into the meta space since presumably people within James Bond's world don't know who he is, but we are partnering with the Fruit Lobby and all of your new weapons are fruit-based. Mm-hmm. Now, is the mission he's on also something to- Like, is part of it that to blend in, he needed fruit? He's got an office. He's doing, for the first time ever, he's doing, like- um, sort of like an, a corporate espionage sort of thing. Like, they've, they've basically said to him, yeah, the whole day of run and gun and all this sort of stuff is over. You're going to have a corporate job and you've got to investigate and find out what the fuck is going on in this building. Presumably, this is part of the- uh, part of the mission is there is some sort of sort of fruit mogul who- you know, billionaire, multi-billionaire, and has dreams of of power uh, and grandeur, and mm-hmm. is doing shifty shit to to yep. get there. 
Yeah, I, I'm imagining, you know, this this rather large corporate building that, I mean, this corporation has control of computers, it has control of, like, phones, it has control of all these different things. I mean, Kumquat is, is seen as one of the biggest <laughs> sort of um, corporations on the planet. And so, James Bond has just gone into the into Kumquat yep. with a fruit bowl, like- As an intern? Um, as No, I'm thinking- um, he's gone in there as as one of one of their higher higher ups. Okay, you know he's basically been headhunted. Um, come in well, is as like a recruitment on, officer or something like that. Is there someone on the inside of the company who is sort of facilitating this to bring him in? Like they're a whistleblower of sorts, or has he actually had to work his way into the industry? When you think of corporations, what particular area would know everything going on in the business? HR. That's right, HR. <laughs> <laughs> so he's come in as as like an assistant to to like um, the human resources manager, uh, manager. Or something like executive. Yep. yep. Okay. So he's he's up there at the very top, but the whole game is is literally you're going through like resource files, like you're going through resources, you're going through recruitment, you're going through like different interviews, trying to figure out who's who the um. I kn- <laughs> the bad kumquats are. I knew you wanted to make an Obra Dinn style game this episode, but I didn't know you were going to do it right <laughs> off the bat. Well, uh, I'm, I'm thinking more papers, please, actually. <laughs> You're trying to match up. Like, but then look, again, I think, you know, I think there's a bit of that. I don't think we want to move too far away from some of the run and gun stuff. So, I, I agree. I think when you start, you're coming into HR, you've sort of, you've got your- uh, backstory a bit. I'm, I'm picturing first person. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. You know, so you've got a bit of like Deus Exy sort of prey type stuff going on where, um, there's just, a, there's a lot of exposition up the front. It's like, again, as we like to do, sort of starting with a bit more of the mundane. So you're learning the job. You're having to actually like perform the job a little bit and go around and talk to people. You're having to sneak in and, and put that little USB, um, dongle mm. into, into someone's PC to get control of that PC. Yeah. So there's some timing based stuff of like, oh, like they've left to go to the toilet or whatever. Okay. I've got to be pretty quick. You can fail it. Um, and then you've then you've got to talk your way out of it as to why you're actually in there. And it's like, um, if you can if you can come up with like a HR reason as to why you're actually mm. in the CEO's office, then you know you can be talking to the well, CEO yeah, actually, saying, kinda, "This could be." So there's there's never been a James Bond RPG. I mm-hmm. like the idea of this being a bit more of a, I mean, again, like Deus Ex sort of style thing where, or or, or maybe a bit like. Um, like a vampire bloodlines or uh, I'm just trying to think of other sort of first person RPGs, not Skyrim esque where it's sort of completely open, but more you've, you've got stats and you've got, or like even like a cyberpunk 2077, like what that looks like it's going to be where there's a lot of different sort of paths you can take to do things. And so you could put more points into run and gun style stuff and like um, precision and weaponry or but what put- that really helps you with is getting between floors as you're parkouring up like staircases <laughs> and shit. Yeah, well, there could be there could be your athletic skills and your acrobatic skills and parkour skills as well. Um, but then also <laughs> like your um, your speaking, like your your speaking skills and your uh, persuasion skills and that sort of thing. So I'm kind of picturing this as you're the next Bond. You're like you're the next 007. 
at the start of the game, they basically say, okay, so the last 007 was killed. You are the now, you are now 007. Here is your background. Your name is James Bond. And basically we explain straight off the, straight off the bat that if you're, if you're assigned 007, you're assigned this identity. Yeah. yeah. And there have been numerous Bonds before. And that's why all the movies had different yeah. Bonds in them. The James or Jane Bond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because again, like I like this idea of it. Yeah, you're playing James Bond or Jane Bond, but you get to you get to craft this particular Bond in yep. the way you want, and then yeah, you've got this very interesting uh, corporate espionage espionage story with the in the fucking- Roaring Twenties <laughs> of the, the Roaring Twenty Twenties. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> And we still bring in some of the fruit-based weaponry, which because, you know, you're in this funky corporate office, people carrying around a banana in their pocket all the time are not going to go too, you know, be too out of place because it's just like, yeah, it's just, it's my snack. It's my morning snack. Oh, I'm now seeing that, you know, if you need to be able to eavesdrop on a meeting, you can do it in one of like three different ways. One, you can sweet talk your way into the meeting into itself the meeting as, and just be as, in there. Yeah. And just be in there. You need a HR representative in this meeting. You, you can, you can wiretap or three, you can mirror's edge it and literally be on, on the outside of the building <laughs> sort of the building. as, as a window washer with, with like stethoscope, you know, up against the window as you're washing it. So as I said, the fourth quarter numbers are. Hang on, why does that window washer have a stethoscope? What's going on? <laughs> and why does he look like <laughs> why does he look like Jimmy, our new a new HR manager's assistant? <laughs> that's, a, that's a bit unusual. Uh, no, but I like that idea a lot, and I know we could have gone ridiculous on the fruit thing, and uh, you know he'll definitely he or she will definitely have an apple grenade or a. Fucking pineapple caltrops or whatever, but <laughs> I actually really just like the idea of the Bond RPG. I, I think one thing that Q didn't tell you, well, or maybe what he did sort of tell you, is like the kumquat is the is the most dangerous fruit that he's actually put in the fruit bowl. Right. Um, basically, it's almost like a pocket black hole. Like if someone oh, if someone even even eats it, they just sort of get. Sucked into this. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I like the idea that he, that he has to have them eat it. It's not just a, a yeah. It's not just a weapon. It's like you have to manage to get someone to eat it, uh, and then yeah, it basically collapses. It just sucks in all all connected matter to the <laughs> like. You have to get into <laughs> the center <laughs> of them. <laughs> it's when it's when their teeth hit the pip. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the cumcots have a pip because I, I think they're like a. I think they're like an apricot. And because this company is called Kumquat, it's not out of place to just have a Kumquat because they put them in all the fruit bowls, even though nobody fucking eats them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. I That would be cool. I, I, would, I would really love a Bond RPG, actually. That's- Especially when they say, you know, oh, the, the whole the whole day of, of, you know, running around and traveling, traveling from place to place is sort of over and done with Bond. You know, yeah. Don't um, you know we're in a global pandemic? You can't go on a train. (laughs) (laughs) To wear a mask to work. I I love halfway through it, like the pandemic starts, and he has to start like um, Zoom bombing. (laughs) (laughs) Choose your background carefully, Bond. You need to make the right impression. (laughs) Yes, money, penny. 
right. I think uh, let's move on. I fucking love it. So, our next game is a game very similar to the last one. In fact, we do these out of order because click picture doesn't make sense outside of the context of, of this next one. But this is click pitch, uh, where we each have a random, we each have a random word generator in front of us. Actually, a random phrase generator because we are doing ramped up click pitch. Uh, and this generator will give us each an adjective noun phrase and we will jam them together into a game design of the video description. Uh, or at least the digital game description. So let's do it. Three, two, one, click. Okay. Spare specific. I have flowering, dying, but D-Y-E-I-N-G. So to dye something a, a color. I'm liking the idea of using flowers to create different colored dyes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I think that fits in quite well. And I like the idea of having to create a specific, like, colour. So, it's it's within a certain range um, that, you, okay. that you're trying to create this colour. Is this, this colour. some sort of puzzle game, even if we break it down to that level of you have a certain number of flowers of different shades and you are having to sort of figure out how to then utilise those to create the specific colour? Um, yeah. And you may not have to use them all, hence spare. <laughs> yeah, you may have a spare. <laughs> uh, and it could come and it could be sort of like, it's not just, oh, this colour mixed with this colour makes that colour. It might be, okay, a certain type of flower, like, is two times more powerful than, like, in its in its sort of, in the way it applies its colours than a different type of flower. So, if you use, you know, this purple daisy, I know that's not probably not a thing, but whatever, um... But you want to, you know, you want to lighten it. You want that lighter shade of it. Then you're actually going to need, you know, three times the number of the white roses or whatever because they're not as powerful or something like yep. that. Don't apply as much. Um, so, do you need to um, know things about the color palette? Like, there's there's certain colors that that go against other ones. Like, there's opposites. Yeah. Like, so the, the opposite to purple is is yellow. So, if you add add yellow to the purple, you actually start really diluting the the um the purple and you can actually bring it to white if you put the right sort of level but otherwise it's it yeah. sort of soft softens I think, it i think the game would have to teach you obviously as you go yep. you, you can't come in expecting them to know you know full-on color theory but it could be a good opportunity to teach that in some way yeah because that could be that could be a game all by itself and i could see almost a zactronic style game of of like really in-depth mixing of you end up with these grand combinations and and you might sometimes have to make like one color solution out of these three flowers and then mix that into a separate color solution because you know it it you you can't just throw them all into one big vat to get you don't want brown (laughs) yeah well exactly right uh or we could we could extend it out and put some sort of um, narrative or, or, or like world building wrapper around it where you are perhaps even having to go and find these flowers once you know what you're looking for. And then it's sort of a scavenging slash even growing game along with having to create these colors. I'm sort of seeing this as, as like a mobile game. Okay. But with, with some scavenging stuff in there as well. It's sort of like one of those games that mm. you get an order in. They want this particular die because they're, they're dying some 
some pants and you need yep. to go out and go, okay, to make this, I think I'm going to need some, some red and purple. Okay. These are the flowers that are in bloom right now. Which ones can I, can yeah. I use? This one's more potent as I found out before. Well, that could and- even be, yeah, that could even be, I like that idea of it being a mobile game because as a game about growing, like if you're, if you sort of have to cultivate your garden as well as part of this, then it, like by the nature of a mobile game, it's often something you want to just come back to for like five or 10 minutes, either yep. a few times a day or once a day or whatever. Um, and so you, you know, you've got a timer on it's like, okay, I got, I need, to, I've got this order coming in or, or something like I know that maybe you have to look at like the seasonal trends or something. I know that these shades are going to be popular, you know, in the next, uh, the next season, so I'm going to plant Oh, so now. you can plant them in your garden and you've got to keep them watered. And if you don't water it enough, like you don't come back to the app enough. Yes. The, your crops die and then all of a sudden you're going out and ha- having to explore again to try and find- Something, yeah, exactly. Or at least or buying them with real money, you know. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. We're, we're, if it's we're a all about game. cash. <laughs> but yeah, I could see that. I could see that working out. And I mean, in the meantime, you'd want to give the player things to do on that daily basis rather than just come and water their plants. But maybe you've got sort of they can be building up their stash of different um, flowers. But you know maybe they go old after a certain time, so you have to actually be making some of the dyes, and maybe you're getting like other orders in in the meantime that yeah you're having to to fulfill in in other ways or based on what you've already got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be really cool. I really I really like how you know, laid back it could actually be, you know, you're sort of mixing colours together, creating these these awesome concoctions, but then also taking, you know, special orders as as people come to your dye shop all the time. Yeah. You know, and they go, I really want this really, you know, pale blue, like sky blue. It's got to be really pale, like, and yeah. they, they explain- Exactly what they want through words, not necessarily mm, through through yeah. seeing the color and having no, of to. Of course, they're not giving you like a hex value or something. <laughs> you're having to. <laughs> you're having to base it off that order, and then you get some points based on basically how close you were to yeah the actual uh, uh, desired color. And unlike corporate estimates, which they value going under and not over, <laughs> we have a target around where if you go a little bit over, a little bit under, it's all good. Yeah, you get close. <laughs> you get close. And I think, I mean, you could even put, like a lot of these, I mean, like the match three games we talked about before, but you could even have some sort of ongoing narrative where, as you know, those special orders that come in are progressing a story. Yeah, progress that story with the sort of larger orders and then have sort of, whether they're procedurally generated or whatever orders coming through uh, that you you can sort of feel, fulfill in the meantime as you are growing your crops and your stash. Cultivating your dank herb. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's your side business. It's your side business. <laughs> you, well, that, that's it. You can grow. You can grow weed, but it's less room for the flowers. So you might make more money that you can buy, you know, ingredients with. But in the short term, you can plant less flowers. <laughs> I'm now seeing that, like, there's this, there's this whole way that you can go down that literally does away with all the all the dyes and the and the and the sort of people that start coming into your business. <laughs> they start giving other orders. They're still like, <laughs> well, every every order that comes in can actually be fulfilled with drugs if you interpret it in that way. It's like a secret side to the game. <laughs> It's like, okay, they want the blue sticky icky. Okay, done. <laughs> it's like, I'm looking for like this real deep purple. 
It's like, okay, <laughs> I know that you're looking for something to chill by, so. <laughs> <laughs> and you name this one Smoke on the Water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you're looking for some Smoke on the Water, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a bong-specific herb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, three, one, click. Yeah. Ooh, Threadbare Veterinarian. Behind Macintosh. <laughs> So, this is the little-known story of Steve Jobs' prior uh, occupation career as a vet. Before kumquat. Before kumquat. Uh, Threadbare because he didn't do very well at it, so he was always short on cash. Uh, And it's the origin story of how he got the idea. It's the side hustle that gave him the the money to to kickstart Mac. Yeah, exactly. So, this is the alternate history of the Kumquat Macintosh, uh, as is apparently our now in-universe version of Apple. We don't have to do that. That could be fun. No. But, uh, no, okay. Veterinarian is interesting. I don't feel like we've done many games around that sort of occupation. No. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm just now- What comes into my head is behind the scenes slash in the back store um, of your be- veterinarian office- Everything's running on like an old Mac. So the UI is really, really dodgy and you're having to, having to deal with like, um, a breaking down system. Uh, okay. And, yeah. and find it, finding new pieces for this Mac. As um, you, as you like deal with these animals that are coming in. Yeah. You're dealing with the animals, but you're also having to deal with, okay, I want to get something out of the database to find out what I've done on this, on yeah. this animal before oh i'm running out of space on the mac and i need to put a new hard drive or crc error or something like that and you just you know you need to (laughs) that's an interesting diversion from what could otherwise be just a a, you know a a some sort of management or or mini game based veterinary game but okay i well all right I, i do like the idea that you could utilize some of the same mechanics that you use to operate on animals to like install things in your computer. <laughs> you put that Macintosh up on your operating table and like And you take it apart and you're like, okay, I need to take your blood pressure. <laughs> you know, water cooling. <laughs> the first ever water cooled original Macintosh. Comquat 2E. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so ha- so having that as as part of it, that's fine. What's the main kind of game we're talking about here? Is this a kind of- uh, If you do really badly, it turns into a taxidermy simulator. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, is this comedic? Is this serious? Is this realistic? Is this 100% dramatic? comedic. Okay. Uh, are, we, are we talking um, animals that come up- We come in with made-up- you know, maladies then? Yeah. Okay. So, you get the dog who comes in with- With five legs. With five legs. He grew an extra leg. I don't know what happened. Happened overnight. It's just paper mache. You just came in here to get the free chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you discovered. Uh, so, each each animal that comes in, uh, is there just sort of some investigation? Like, there's maybe different phases, like diagnosis phase, you know- <laughs> Treatment phase, depending on on the illnesses. For some reason, I just I just pictured like the announcer from Super Monkey Ball going, "Ready, 
go. <laughs> I mean, you could almost Diagnosis do that. <laughs> I mean, what was that game? There was a DS game that was a trauma center or yeah, I think trauma center is what I'm thinking of where it was that like, you've got a certain amount of time and you've it's, it's this sort of real almost reflex based or skill based, t- you know, time based, uh, uh, gameplay as you're having to do certain things in certain order and stitch things up and put the right stuff on. And I think there's been multiple games like that. Yeah. yeah. uh, So a bit more like that rather than like a surgeon simulator, which is just kind of over the top ridiculous, uh, although fun in its own way. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. I could see that. And then, yeah, I I like that idea of putting that across to working on your computer as well. So you've got a, a different set of tools it's like, all right, pull out the screwdriver. You got to like screw, 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 you know, to take the hard drive out or whatever and pull it out. It's gently. a punch card system. Oh, geez. How far- you- I feel like you keep taking that further and further back into more primitive technology. I just got in my head like hanging Chad and I was like, oh, you you got to check those Chads and make sure that they're, they're not hanging. <laughs> No, that's just one of the illnesses that, like, the cat came in with. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen this before. hundred times It's a hanging chat. It's a hanging- <laughs> your, ch- your cat's got a hanging chat. Uh, you just got to pull those off when you find them and you'll be fine. Just don't let, don't let him eat them. Like, they like to eat those chads once they've come off afterwards and that'll make them sick. Don't do that. Put them in the garbage. Three, two, one, click. Oh. <laughs> okay. Unemployed Sky Quivering Amenity I mean I immediately went to A world that has had its atmosphere Literally stripped off Um, So therefore the sky is no longer There and it's unemployed (laughs) Unemployed Okay So Quivering Amenity I had the idea of some sort of Horror game Where part of it takes place in the bathroom Or toilet Yep but we could combine Ooh. those. Yeah, I, I'm sort of seeing this this world where all houses are basically like sealed, airtight sort of uh, yeah. places. That um, one of the one of the um, sort of services that come into the come into the house is um, you have air provided by the government, sort of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and so when when you actually go to leave, you've got to go out through the airlock and you go out into into the world. But but you have to like, have like the world a- is being stripped bare because it's um, there's no atmos- atmosphere anymore. You've got to have radiation shielding and all yep. this sort of stuff. Like yep. I'm picturing, you know, your suburb and going going out into into the world to do basic things is, you know, kind of scary because That's cool. There's no air. And obviously, you—it's really hard to actually move in this in this like spacesuit slash radiation suit. I um, like that world building a lot. I do like that world building a lot, where because it's co- it's combining sort of the mundane again, like the everyday. You've just you—it's a house. You and you live in this house, and it's a regular looking suburban house. But in the meantime, there's been this cataclysmic event somehow. Where, yeah, there's no more atmosphere. There's no breathable air out there anymore. For some reason, the, like, ionosphere was stripped away and it meant that, I don't know, I feel like something would actually have to happen to gravity to- But, I don't know, something changed in- Wait, maybe, again, like, with the radiation, where it, like, catalyzed with 
um, the oxygen in the air or something. And so, yeah, th- th- there's now no way to replenish that in enough of a way for- um, for Earth to have a full atmosphere again. Yeah, as essentially it's like what happened to Mars where, you know, it's still there. It's still a rocky sort of planet, but it's like it has no atmosphere because it got stripped away yeah. many years ago. And, and like, there's ideas on what could be done to, to you know, re-terraform mm-hmm. um, it yeah. and that sort of stuff. But essentially when you go out, it is it is just- Dark. It's, it's desolate. Um, well, I don't desolate. know if it'd be dark necessarily. It might be bright. No, it may be, might be bright, but it may also be like burny sort of stuff. Like there's nothing protecting you from the radiation of, of the sun. Absolutely. Well, and, and the sky, there wouldn't be blue sky, right? No. I it's just pure black outside, but you can see everything. I wonder if it it's- would be black. I wonder what you'd see. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not sure. I don't know the physics around. Cause I think there'd still have to be some sort of atmosphere in that, like, like there's some gases that are still there and attracted by gravity to to stick around on Earth, but it's much more sparse, and all of the oxygen was burnt away, yep. and like the trees died, so we don't have a way to replenish it. Like basically, yeah. every forest, you know, I think it was like a, everything it was is like just a, rocky and bare. Yeah, it was like a five year event of like solar you know solar radiation solar storms and that sort of stuff yeah, yeah that basically tore away the atmosphere okay that's cool and so yes you've and then this is maybe like 50 years later or something where the economy and the governments and the sort of way that things are run have, have somewhat recovered in the sense that yeah they've they've got these fucking giant like domed or underground tree farms where they're artificially growing plants or algae or whatever, right? That's that's creating oxygen that they're then pumping through, serv- like as a service to everybody's house. And yeah, the sale of fucking high quality airlocks is through the roof. <laughs> and this whole oh, yeah. industries that have built up over these new requirements for just living in everyday life. And so yeah, I think maybe you play a somewhat ev- like average person in this world. Yeah, I like the idea that you have just moved out of home. Like, this is your first ever. <laughs> yeah. You've got yourself a small little house all to yourself. Your your work is basically paying for this house for you to live in it. You've just moved in and it's your first time ever being alone. So, and it's I don't know what you're the picturing. The things that bump in the night. I don't know what you're picturing, but there are a couple of games that I'm sort of being inspired by here from a gameplay perspective. And they're not super well-known ones, so I don't know if you've played them. There was one in the- uh, recent steam uh like when they had all the demos and stuff up called mr prepper which is like a doomsday prepper <laughs> um no a weird, a weird satirical doomsday prepper sort of management game where you play this guy in his house and you have to like use resources from around the house you can break them down you can build things and then you're like building your bunker underground uh but you have to like keep it hidden from when the inspector comes over to like see stuff anyway it's like side on view where you're sort of seeing the cutaway of your house and mm-hmm. you're sort of building bunkers and stuff underneath the other one and I think this is on your Steam library, so maybe you have played it, but I think it came in a bundle, is Barrow Trauma. Yeah, I just got that, and that came in last month's um, Humble. Humble Bundle. Okay. So, no, I haven't played it yet. I gave it a brief go yesterday. It's it's in early access. Uh, but in that one, you it's, again, that sort of side-on cutaway view, but you, um, you're you in a submarine or mm-hmm. in a submarine base. And, again, it's very much this sort of crafting, interacting with the different things around you and, like, powering things up and, and you've got all your different machines and stuff. So, I was almost picturing that in this game, not quite as 
I mean, we're talking about having the horror thing come in, but I think initially just like, oh, you get to kind of set up this house in a way and you see the oxygen pipes coming in, right? And you see your yep. airlock there and you have to, you know, make sure they're maintained or whatever. Like, or you have, you know, if you, if, if the wear and tear on that one goes, you have to call the fucking airlock repairman. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you've kind of got that day to day stuff going on. And then we start bringing in some of the, you know. Yeah. I, I personally am wanting this to be like a first person sort of thing. Like, um, it can be minimalistic. Yeah. But I know there's something about the first person view of this house that, you know, it's kind of like normal and mundane. And then when you head through the airlock, just seeing that, um, that outside desolation for the first time would yeah. be kind of awkward because I think, oh, uh, not just awkward, but also awe inspiring sort of in a bad yeah. way, but definitely still yeah. awe. Yeah. Look, I get that. I, I- <laughs> or full. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially because I think there's another thing that you haven't realized the whole time. Mm. All the windows that you actually have are actually just LCD screens <laughs> showing. You know, green and and happiness like, outside. Yeah, they're like uh, augmented reality style things. So it looks like yeah. it's actually you know it, it the perspective shifts with you. But yeah, essentially you're looking outside, but it's um it's using like eye tracking sort of stuff that you that you can start to <laughs> notice later on. Well, uh, actually, okay, all right. So throw that's fine. Throw away my side on idea. I do like the idea of of some of that stuff. I think you could do it. Oh, I'm, I'm loving your doomsday prepping thing. I just wanted in a in a um you know in a in a 3D environment. Yeah, yeah. I think you've still got those aspects. What I was thinking though, I like the idea, particularly if we're going down the horror route, is yeah, you figure you realize oh these are these LCD things. The way you initially realize that is that because of course if the LCD screen doesn't track your eyes properly or it decides that something else is where your head is, then to you mm-hmm. that's going to look all fucked up. <laughs> right because it's for someone else's perspective then and it's going to look all skewed and weird uh and so i can see for one maybe just bringing that in in a in a normal situation and that's where you sort of figure it out maybe you have someone over and it like oh yeah the lcd windows can't figure out like it keeps flicking back and forth between who it's trying to provide a perspective for but then later so- on it starts doing that when nobody's there exactly yeah i just i just got that that thought and i'm like <laughs> I had that that image of I don't know whether you've seen the movie Hush, where um, there's a deaf girl in like the woods sort of thing. She's she's out there writing a book and all this sort of stuff. Yep. And there's someone who actually comes to comes to her place and and manages to, manages to sneak inside. And while she's on like a a video call with her sister, yeah, she goes, "Who's that guy behind you?" Oh shit. And it's like, Jesus Christ. And when she turns around, the guy's gone already, like, because she doesn't believe uh, her first. Yeah, look, that's similar. That happens in, uh, fuck, what's it called? There's a- there's a, um, one of those movies where everything takes place on the computer screen. Yeah. Uh, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's a, it's the same sort of thing where there's a deaf girl and- yeah. She's like stopped paying attention to him because she's mad at him. It's like her boyfriend, but he knows that there's someone in the house behind her and like he start yeah. But yeah, no, I I like that idea of that could be one of the clues that there's another presence in the house with you or something. Uh and then yeah, you can do some really cool stuff with I mean you can make it really claustrophobic, especially then with the oxygen supply being a factor. You're only paying for oxygen for one, yet you're that you, oh, you're actually using more oxygen, you know, you can you can um 
up it for for when you have visitors over, but you don't want to be paying for, well, for I think two persons worth of oxygen all the time. I don't think it just shuts it down. Uh, that, I mean, that is not out of the realm of possi- possibility in the runaway capitalist society, but I think it's more that you start getting alerts that, like, you're using more than your standard. So, when you do have the, that person over the first time, that's another indicator of, like, you know, you've got the weird LCD windows that fuck up and also- you know, you get a little thing on your phone or something of like, you know, you're using, you know, an average of 1.97 people's worth of oxygen right now and you will be charged accordingly at the end of the month. <laughs> and so- Please remember, we we always want to conserve our oxygen. <laughs> oxygen is life. But can you- Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but can you imagine that like you're home alone, you start getting those- alerts and at first it's like you know 2.03 people and then it's like 5.4 people and then it's like 376 <laughs> people's worth of oxygen and your oxygen like your your pump can't keep up with it and you start getting alerts of like your the the oxygen is getting thin like yeah. that could really build up the tension so well oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> love that but the the good thing like Going back to when I first played Bioshock and that sort of stuff, and there was a there was a scene where you went into like the dentist's office, and you know you sort of go in there and you see you see an empty chair, and then there's some mist, and then you see a corpse in the chair, mm. and it's kind of a bit weird. And you go over to the dentist like desk, and as you turn around, there's there's like a guy just standing there. Yeah, and and the whole thing that I love about um, the first person view is you can only see. What's in front of you? You cannot see behind. behind well, and, and but if you've got great sound design, yeah. Well, and as the developer, you, you know what they're seeing, right? Yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, and that's when the idea of hearing something behind you and not wanting to look, <laughs> like, yeah, we've explored that a few times, and that's definitely that's definitely a powerful idea in a game, like. Oh, I, it's now now bringing me back to the first time I ever tried VR, which was on a um, Oculus Developer Kit one. Yep. So this is before they had, you know, this is only the three three degrees of freedom. You only really tracked, you know. Oh yeah, turning your head basically. Tracking, yeah. Yep. So anyway, I tried it out at a, at a friend's place, and he had a horror game that um, basically. It was sort of like just an, an original demo that um, you're walking up in the in the middle of these dark woods up to this house, and then you'd make it through all the way through the house. But it was when you got outside again that basically you'd hear something behind you. Mm-hmm. The only way that I could actually continue playing this game is to never look behind you. Where <laughs> I heard something behind me, I just kept on going forward, and and I got out of it. And he goes. How'd you do that? Like, everyone else has gotten shit scared and, you know, turned around. It's like, what I can't see, can't scare me. <laughs> like, it was one of those well, things of- like, our game, we're going to prove that wrong because you are going to be shit scared and we're never going to show the bad guy. No, I don't know if we'll never show them, but I-, I do love the idea of all these external indicators of these presences. Yeah. And I'm picturing- I can Because I can really see the arc of this because- you demonstrate to the player early on about like going out of the airlock in your pressurized suit with oxygen and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then by the end, you're having to wear that oxygen suit around the inside of your house because they've, so they've like 
overpowered the oxygen reserves. Like it's all getting sucked out. Your fucking pumps broken or whatever. And so, yeah, the, and like all the lights are out. So the final, like final moments of this game are just you, you're breathing your heartbeat in this pressurized suit. All you've got is like the light on it or whatever, or like a flashlight or something. Oh, I'm just loving this house. I'm loving this red warning light, just lighting up the wall, lighting up the room. Mm. Just yeah, just a little like pulsing, <laughs> pulsing light, and it's just pulsing every every you know second. Yeah, but basically you're getting one second view in red <laughs> of of the whole. Oh God, that's after your actual like flashlight batteries run out too. That that's all you've yep. got left. Your oxygen's running low, and essentially what you're doing is you're looking for that for that leak. Because I think what you what you kind of end up working out is someone has sort of sabotaged your your house, mm. and a lot of this stuff is, it's is just literally oxygen just a, deprivation. It's 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 oxygen deprivation or whatever, and it's basically it's all in your head. Yeah. Basically, there's a small leak that has been draining all the um all the oxygen out continually. Yep, and it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, and finally you you see in in the bathroom like. There's this tiny little hole in in like the LCD sort of screen, and there's basically um, like, you, everything, you, all the air's going through that one little the, hole. You turn on the hot water, and you see the steam like start getting sucked towards that hole. That's how you eventually find it. And yeah, because yeah, essentially it's it's basically you know it's almost a vacuum out there. So yeah. of course everything's sort of going out very <laughs> I very fast that. through this I one little hole. I fucking love that idea. I've- ramping up this tension, never showing the the presence, the whatever it is. I don't know how you'd explain the LCDs fucking up, unless otherwise it's just they're faulty in some way, but or, or like maybe there's like a you've there's a there's a poster on the other side of the wall and it detects yeah. a face there. <laughs> it it's it's basically like if you've ever used your your phone and, and taken a photo and there's it's like picked up a face, but it's it's a face on a photo, <laughs> like yeah. I've seen that happen a few times. Yeah, absolutely. Or like when Facebook tries to tag like your your nostrils and your mouth as a face or something because it thinks yeah. that it's two eyes and a whatever. It figured out the facial recognition's fucked up. But yes, I love that idea of the final reveal. Is yeah, the re- like the reason you were using three hundred people's worth of oxygen is because that hole was getting bigger. And yeah, by the end you just find it and you're like, oh, fuck, okay. <laughs> and it's all about the perils of living alone and out in the world for the first time and owning your own house. Yeah, and and how different it would be in the fact that you know, had you not found that leak, and I, I'm I'm picturing that it's basically you've you've sort of skipped over you know that the house um, how to keep your house uh, sort of uh, well maintained mm, and that sort of stuff mm. and and these are these are things that you should should actually do but. I'm picturing that the majority of people, you know, when they go out, they think, "Oh, I can, I can make an IKEA flat pack without, without, um, <laughs> the you know, reading the instructions, and you finish it with like four <laughs> screws remaining." And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just a maintenance issue. The moral of the story is maintain your house well. Yeah. All right. Oh, I'm, I'm, there's just so so much that you could do just within the within the psyche of the person, and yeah. and basically the sounds that you're hearing are, are either the house settling, or, or like oxygen it's stuff moving around out. in the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, I love that. Three, two, one, click. Penciled infestation. 
governing beard. <laughs> Something to do with beard lice, then? <laughs> uh, well, before before your words, pencil infestation made me think of some sort of, like, somehow you're creating creatures by drawing them. Whether that's mm-hmm. a mechanic or something within the world or whatever. Um, governing beard. Was it governing or governed? Governing. I mean, is it just that, like, the president has a huge beard? <laughs> yeah, I- I'm I'm sort of thinking, rather than being, you know, the-, the White House sort of thing, I'm thinking this is more- Like local. And I'm getting a colonial feel okay. of, of, like, this old table and it's been made and all this sort of stuff, but- Inside the table is like a whole heap of termites. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're they're living in a colony that is um, this this um, table used to actually be their their home tree sort of thing, and so they've uh, built like their colony all the way through this all the way through this table. Are you playing as the, as the termites? I think so. I think you're you're one of the termites. That's the government. And you're hearing like oh you, no, you're hearing oh. like um, this leader of a local government. You know, yeah, like the mayor promoting or the governor or something. Yeah, yeah, and you're you're sort of applying some of the things that are actually being talked about are also happening in this ant colony, and so I, I almost get this idea of of like the the termite colony are uh, thinking that this is God, you know, that, <laughs> right. that is telling them how how to actually run their but run it just, their sort it's of just like area. It's just like this intricate table at the like campaign office of. <laughs> This governor or something. Yeah. Or like the, 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 yeah, the office of the governor or something. Okay. I'm trying to picture, <clears throat> I like that idea. I'm trying to picture the moment to moment gameplay, um, and how that plays out. Is it, is it somewhat narrative and you've got sort of characters as such of like the leader of the colony or the queen termite or whatever? I mean, termite colonies are pre- presumably a monarchy. Is it that you're yep. trying to like become a, Different form of government, overthrow the queen. <laughs> For too long, the queen is the queen has been telling us what to do, what to eat. Just because which- she's our, all of our mum, she's all she's the mother to all of us. Doesn't mean she can tell us how to run this colony. We need elected representation. <laughs> And and you hear you're hearing you know you go out and and sit out on on like the um you've broken through to the surface and mm-hmm. you sit out there and you you see this this big like mutton chop beard sort of yep thing with this colonial sort of hat and it's like there's a bigger world out there than just just this colony and well I kind of just and- it doesn't even have to be uh where they don't know where the voice is coming from it could just be. They're all being inspired by what's going on in the world around. Like they know that they're a termite colony living in a table, but they're hearing like this, this rebellion within the colony has picked up on all of the, the rhetoric and, and the ideas from like this governor or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think, <laughs> I feel like a lot of this is coming because we, because of the like recent Hamilton revival, because of the Disney Plus thing, <laughs> because I'm getting very <laughs> Hamilton vibes and, and like. I, I may have just been listening to <laughs> Hamilton <laughs> disc two, uh, while making lunch, uh, making dinner tonight. So it may be coming from like cabinet battles and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's sitting out there on the, um, uh, 
on on the table wondering, you know, I shouldn't really be eating this table because it's my home, but how can I say no to this? (laughs) 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 And three to one click. We'll do one more. All right. One more and then final click picture. Yep. Ooh, this is cool. Okay. Bizarre sender. Inflatable bookcase. Wow. I feel like- I feel like this is a game set at the head office of Wish.com. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> or, or in, like, their warehouse or something. Uh, <laughs> is it just- Is it some sort of weird, like, procedural generation thing where you have to, like- Or, or just- You have to come up with the weirdest shit and, and somehow see what the limit is on what you can sell and you never reach it? Yeah. <laughs> and I just I just love the idea of taking like an adjective and a noun and having to put it together and that's what you <laughs> It's click pitch the the corporate simulator the like run your own you know store based on click pitch. Uh but, but it's it's specifically specifically you know adjectives that can literally be for four things. Yeah. Um so it's a curated list of of adjectives and and a curated so list I'm, okay, of, I'm kinda like in- of sexual objects as that's all <laughs> wish seems to actually do. Well the thing is, well, okay. Yes and no. That definitely would come as a factor of this random mix of adjectives and objects because mm-hmm. some of the weird shit on wish is only weirdly sexual because of, like, because it's a glove with fucking tentacles or whatever. You know, like, whatever they fucking come up with, it could just be a glove. But because it's weird and latex and covered in, you know, suckers. Ribbed for her pleasures, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they got ribbed glove and <laughs> and that's what they made. So, I, I'm almost picturing this as, like, a Scribblenauts style thing where- the adjective is applying an effect to that, like you, you can literally have thousands and thousands, if not millions, of combinations based on what you've what we've managed to put into this game. Mm-hmm. But then it's yeah, it's about selling it in some way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, what's the selling side of it then? You know, is it this, is it just okay? You've got a new product to sell, and the game goes inflatable bookcase, or it goes, you know, rubber. Hat. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have to somehow figure out a way to sell it or I don't know what this feels like is a Jackbox game where you have to come up with the sales pitch, like a one line sales pitch for an adjective noun product. But the game itself is able to sort of create a picture of it, like create the the picture of it based on those combinations procedurally. Yeah. Oh, or or. It's one of those things that you've got to actually draw the um draw the picture based on based on the words that it's given you. Okay, so this could be a bit of a a bit of a uh, TKO uh, is, yeah TKO um style thing where instead of t-shirts, pe- you're making wish objects. People put <laughs> well again. People put a bunch of sales like phrases or whatever that without having any context for them first. Uh, you know, give me a reason why you'd want to buy this or like a, a one line description about a product or something. And then, and then someone else is drawing a product. Yeah. Again, maybe based on this like 
adjective noun or, or some sort of random generator generation. And then again, and then it's combining them and you're, you're voting on the best combinations. Yeah. And they're going through a, a, a bracket system in that same way as, as TKO. TKO does. <coughs> yeah. That'd be cool. I love it. I like that a lot. That'd be really fun. Are you listening? Are you listening? Uh, Jellyvision? Go find an image. Do, do, do. Okay. So we're going to play one last round of click picture to finish out the episode. And here we go. Three, two, one, enter. Shazam. <laughs> there is so much going on in this picture. <laughs> A, why is this car sideways in in traffic? So, okay. Why is this? Okay, let's, let's describe the image so people know what we're looking at. So, you have a man, flannel net shirt. Sort of pulled up to his, to his, uh, up to his sleeves. He's in the driver's seat, seat of a car in the US, presumably because the, uh, the steering wheel is on the left. You can see. And they're driving on the right, window that right hand side of the wood. <laughs> in a high, on a highway, but he is perpendicular to the other cars <laughs> and also offering you, presumably as the viewer, a beer, yeah, uh, which is open, and I guess he's had a few, which might explain why he's perpendicular why he's to the sideways, rest of the yeah. traffic. Um, why do I get the feeling that this is like Uber Simulator or something like that? Or- <laughs> <laughs> Bad, like horrible Uber driver. Like Uber well, this is simulator. this is full service Uber or whatever, and you know, um, it's got to the point where you've got to you've got to literally be, be providing like drink services and all this sort of stuff in your car right. uh, to to coax the um coax passengers I into could, the car. I could see a game based around being a gig economy driver, an Uber driver, or a Lyft driver. Yeah, not using those exact. No, um, you come up with your own because we don't want to get sued. Luba. Um, <laughs> Luba. <laughs> Luke Mobile will come to you. <laughs> 13, 13, 32. <laughs> Fuck, you know they've come up with a good jingle and you can still remember it like 25 years later. <laughs> I'm getting kind of like a, a crazy taxi vibe, but for, well, I would, for, I don't the, think, for the raging 20s. I don't think full on crazy taxi. I don't think that manic and that like time based. I'm, I'm picturing almost a bit more of a narrative sort of thing where it's like the- the uh, passengers that you get in your car, you're sort of hearing their stories and maybe it's a bit like, what was that game? Was it Night Call uh, where you play the taxi driver? Haven't played okay. it. Okay. I've played the game Quarantine where you were a taxi driver <laughs> well, that was destroying people. Yeah. <laughs> and we have talked about that before. We have. <laughs> no, I'm thinking a bit more of a, of a slow paced kind of thing or narrative, like a, a narrative sort of thing. But at the same time, yeah, you're having to like upgrade- your snacks and and different things and make sure that you get a high enough score to to you know to to be able to get jobs and you've you know you've got your app on your phone that comes up to give you your fares uh but you start getting repeat customers and you hear a bit more about their lives and you know put it down that that route a little bit yeah i kind of love the idea of driving while also navigating conversations yeah yeah you know you've got pretty intricate driving with the controller while also having to sort of navigate Ooh, what options oh, you want to talk VR. talk about and also serving oh yeah because i'm thinking because i'm thinking with vr you've got things like oh like they're in the back seat if you want to see them you have to look in the revision mirror and not look where you're going and that can be a risk uh yeah. but at times like you may need to or maybe that's even where you select your dialogue options or something is up on the revision mirror 
Yeah. You, when you look up there, it brings up the dialogue tree and- And it's not just that you can look up there. You have to actually move the, the camera. Yeah, of course. Because so, um, yeah, it's basically the middle of it's selecting hitting. it in that way. And it brings up your dialogue options. And if you don't answer, they get pissed at you. I love that the dialogue options are literally, you know, the top, the bottom, the left and the right, sort of, sort of like the typical, um, telltale options that you've you've got your four options that you've got to choose yeah. but you have to look in that quadrant of the um of the rear view mirror to to be able to select it yeah perhaps either that or or the sort of mass effect style thing where when you look up there your control like your thumbsticks on your on your controls now select that but you you, you literally can't like i mean I, don't, I guess i don't know what your thumbstick would be doing otherwise um because you're presumably driving with your actual hands in VR. But uh, I think the main thing is that you're looking away from the road to have to to have to participate in this. But I love the idea that, you know, they, they ask for like um, a packet of chips or whatever and you've got to reach over to the um, glove box and open it up and, yeah. and you know, rummage around trying to find the, the packet of chips that they want and then they want a like cold beer. They drop beer their and fucking you- water bottle or something and rolls under your seat. You can't. <laughs> Duck down and get it from the floor. <laughs> Swerve around the pedestrian as you, you know, once you get back up and can see where you're going. I, yeah, I think, I think a game where you're really playing with driving and distraction in VR could work really well. Yeah. That's- oh, that's kind of a bit creepy as well. You know, having to, having to try and, you know, control the car while also, um, making your way to the destination. Mm. The, um, the world has to be big enough that, you know, you're, you're sort of able to drive to the place, but there's also enough traffic around that you're. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking sort of full on traffic and pedestrian simulation sort of stuff going on where there's a reason you have to pay attention to the road. Um, and given that we've actually tried making something like this, (laughs) <laughs> in the in the fact that we had ped- pedestrians walking around oh, and all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Oh no, it, w- it was incredibly hard to actually get that working. <laughs> oh, it'd take a lot of work. It'd take a lot of work. But just from a thematic and a mechanical point of view, I feel like there's some really cool stuff you could do there with yeah, distraction while driving and and having to to kind of uh, use those real life skills of driving, you know, while the story effectively is going on uh, around yeah. you. That's cool. That is very cool. Okay, that does bring us to the end of tonight. Yeah, let's end it there. Thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. If you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash BitStorm. All of our previous episodes are up there. Definitely, you know, if, you, if you're joining us for the first time this week, go and check out last week's episode, as we said, with our very special guest, Adorify, of uh, Hello from the Magic Tavern and Hey Riddle Riddle and, you know, big, big Chicago improviser. Uh, we had a hell of a lot of fun, but also go back further and see all our previous ones. We've had a lot of guests on over the over the years and made up a, a bunch of fun games. We are also part of the 8-Bit Collective, and this is a group of podcasters uh, making podcasts, funnily enough, around pop culture, video games, uh, role-playing games, and some actual play stuff. It's really fun. Go to 8bit.net and check out some of those fantastic podcasts. Check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast for all your Australasian Gaming Podcast needs. Just look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook and at AGP Network on Twitter. And we'd also like to thank the wonderful guys over at Kuradust for the use of the song, Map Defines Up the Album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I'm running out of oxygen.